0: Welcome to the Officer Media Group's Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode.
1: Welcome to The Lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine. And with me today, filling in for retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli is...
0: I'm Paul Peluso, I'm the Editor of Officer Magazine.
1: Thanks a lot, Paul, for stepping in for Frank this week. Um, He is out on the sunny West Coast at IACP. He, um, He will be there, hopefully giving some updates along the way, too. So check back on our website and our Facebook page for those. But we've got a big lineup today, so we'll get started right away. Our first story, and this is Um, A bit of a a new story, kind of breaking news stories out of Philadelphia, where one officer was killed and another wounded in a a shooting in an airport garage. The two officers were coming in to work at the airport um, when they noticed a group of several people trying to break into a vehicle. They confronted the people and the suspects opened fire one of the officers was struck uh, multiple times in the torso. Another one, the other officer, was shot in the arm. Um, The suspects fled the scene in a stolen vehicle, and police right now are um, searching for them. Um, Currently, um, the identities of both officers have not been released. Um, They both were veteran officers, uh, being with the department for more than two decades. I believe one was fifty years old, and the other one was the uh, wounded officer was in his sixties. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, here here are two two officers just coming into work and and seeing a crime and stepping in and and immediately having to to take fire from it.
0: You know, as we know, parking garages can be extremely dangerous places with uh, low light visibility and uh, just you know being blocked off from public view uh, that these officers, you know, stepped in to try to stop a crime, but, um, you know, a dangerous situation. One officer, unfortunately lost his life and the other one's now recovering. Um, it just goes to show that, you know, when, even when you're arriving for work, you have to be, uh, you know, prepared and any, anything can happen at any time.
1: And police weren't confirming yet. If, um, the officers were able to return fire, um, uh, uh, one news outlet was reporting that uh, one of the officers' gun uh, weapons was missing. Um, but again, none of that has been confirmed. This is a story um, that we're going to keep watching. This also comes, um, boy, is a, a, I want to say a week or so um, after, um, uh, yeah, just last week, three Philadelphia officers er, were shot. Um, and... It, You know, during a domestic disturbance. So, uh, again, this is a a, another big hit for uh, the Philadelphia department. Moving on to our next story. This is out of California. Unfortunately, another uh, tragic incident to, to talk about, um, two uh, veteran Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies were critically injured uh, when the uh, they were in a, a trailer described as a mobile shooting rage, caught fire. Um, and this was at a detention center. Um, so far, um, investigators are trying to determine uh, the cause of the fire um, and uh, while firefighters were trying to, to put out the blaze. Uh, they had to worry about, uh, ammunition that, uh, was there as part of the, the, the training range. Um, and again, a dangerous situation for everyone involved with that, but ju- what, a um, sounds like just a, 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 freak accident, um, that, that had happened there again, there hasn't been any details as far as how this fire started. Um, but, um, just a just terrible situation,
0: yeah, and instances like this are definitely rare uh to have something like this happening at a <clears> had <throat> a shooting range. it sounds like they their fellow deputies were able to transform to a hospital before the firefighters were able to make it to the scene and you know, it looks like it took them hours to put this thing out inside of uh the trailer um but but yeah, it just it, thankfully it right it sounds like the uh, deputies here are recovering and um yeah, hopefully they can figure out what uh, what happened.
1: Initially, um, there were reports that there were four um, deputies injured, but it, w- it was only two, um, and the uh, sheriff's department has now suspended the use of these types of mobile shooting ranges across the county um, until uh, they figure out what, what started this fire. Going to our, our, our next story, uh, this is out of Connecticut. Um, this week marked the anniversary of... Um, another tragic shooting uh, where two uh, Bristol police officers were shot and killed uh, in an ambush um, that was set up by a fake um, domestic disturbance call. Um, the two officers pl- plus one one other officer responded to the call while they were talking to um, an individual. Um, a gunman opened fire. Um, killing two of the officers and wounding another. The wounded officer was able then to um, fatally shoot uh, the gunman. Um, but it, just for um, Lieutenant Dustin DeMonte and Sergeant Alex Hamsey, they unfortunately were not able to survive the encounter. Um, what makes this even more... Um, I. I don't even know how to describe it, but the gunman actually knew one of the officers—not closely, but they had gone to cross town high schools, and uh, it adds another layer um, to, to this tragedy. Um, you just wonder, you know, why this happened. Details are still being kind of sketchy uh, from the department as the investigation is, is still ongoing.
0: Yeah, and it just sounds like, uh, you know, their their loved ones talked about uh, the officers that after uh, after what happened, and that they were there to help, and you know that that's what they were gonna do. They were just ready to help, and it's just a tragedy what uh what took place.
1: Yeah, the eighty rounds um, were were fired uh, in the incident, um, and um, I'm looking here too. Is is one of the family members had talked. Uh, about you know the officer knowing uh the gunman and wanting to um basically you know wanting to help yeah you know thinking hey you know what i could probably talk to this guy and uh work it out but you know the situation wasn't a domestic disturbance it it was something entirely different um the anniversary also comes um a week after uh, a scary incident at the at the department where um a woman had walked into the lobby of the Bristol police station and opened fire on the front desk lobby window thankfully um the bulletproof bulletproof glass um at the desk window stopped any of the bullets and officers were able to um subdue and apprehend uh the woman involved uh although wasn't related in any way to um the ambush of last year it certainly the department uh was understandably on edge and and just disturbed to have another this this outburst of violence in their home so to speak um happen so close to uh the anniversary of the ambush
0: yeah it looks like um you know of course tragedy was averted here um but a lot of the things that we talk about when it comes to new technology new things that are implemented uh the bulletproof glass inside the station and they used a less lethal weapon to uh, Mm -hmm. subdue the woman um you know a lot a lot of the new yeah advances that we've had over the the years really uh help you know when it comes to possible tragic situations like this one
1: in the uh this week uh the Office of the Inspector General released uh, security camera footage from uh, uh, this shooting. and uh, you can see too, when the officers move in um to uh, to subdue the woman. Uh, you know, how basically, you could you watch them behind another door, which um is kind of offset into an alcove. so i'm I'm it's hard to see if the woman was able to to see them at the time, but they were able to. To see her and at least discern when they could safely go in and uh, apprehend her, um, and it, you, you yeah, you were able to see that kind of training too that um, these officers have uh, to handle that situation. And um, yeah, again, thankfully, um, no one was hurt, and um, they were able to um, uh, arrest the the woman who um, also appeared to be intoxicated at the time. Um, and, um, reports, um, that I've seen too is, is, uh, say that, uh, this sort of stemmed out of, a out of an argument with, um, with a boyfriend that, uh, kind of spiraled out of control. So, um, but again, thankfully, um, no one was, no one was hurt. Moving on to our next story. Um, this is, a I I guess an international story of sorts, um, a group of uh, New York City area law enforcement officials um, were in Israel at the time of the attacks last weekend. Um, they were there for um, a, a conference um, that actually had started, sun- was going to start uh, Sunday, and obviously uh, was was canceled. Um, Once uh, the attacks by Hamas started and the counterattacks by um, Israel began, um, it appears that all 32 members of that group, uh, which included police officials and prosecutors um, from uh, the New York City area, uh, were were able to get out of, um, get back home uh, safely. Um, That in itself, it seemed to also have been... Uh, a bit difficult, too, as far as not being able to get um uh, direct flights um, out of Israel to uh, the u s. But um, yeah, thankfully, uh, they you know, they weren't they weren't injured and, and and were able to get home,
0: yeah, It looks like they were there for what a week-long seminar seminar by uh, Israel's Ministry for diaspora affairs and combat combating anti-Semitism. And yeah, when, um, you know, larger departments like the NYPD send convoys out there to uh, to attend these types of events, yeah, anything can happen. And, you know, uh, this this is definitely, you know, a rare case that they fly into, essentially fly into a war zone. Um, and yeah, it's glad everybody's safe.
1: And, and now even back home, uh, the NYPD uh, for this upcoming weekend, has uh it, it, they're preparing for um, mass protests a- in the city and and possibly uh unfortunately violence um, they have told officers that um, <clears throat> to uh, perform duty in uniform and be prepared for deployment at any moment um so uh, they again are are getting ready not sure what might might happen um it, Possibly, I I, you know, this weekend, uh, there have been talks about protests uh, across the country around the world, in fact. Um, So uh, it it looks like the department uh, is is getting ready. Moving on to our next story. Um, You know, in the lineup, we've talked a lot in the past about departments um, having trouble with staff shortages, recruiting, retaining officers. Uh, This is a success story out of Massachusetts where uh, the Northampton Police Department has now um, become fully staffed after struggling with openings. And what's interesting about this is the way in which the department has been trying to recruit um, new officers to fill their vacancies, Um, they've really trying to, well, first off, they've been very proactive and not waiting for people to apply for jobs, but really going out and and seeking individuals and also looking at candidates who uh, might not, know they were interested in becoming um peace officers um or, or candidates who might not fit that mold of what um you might think of as the um sort of uh prototypical uh police officer um and they have been able to really um not only you know fill their vacancies but um add diversity and um Again, expand that 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 recruiting pool that uh, a lot of departments and law enforcement agencies have said has has really uh, shrunk uh, over the past few years.
0: Yeah, and Joe, you actually wrote an article about this uh, for the September-October uh, issue yes. of Officer Magazine, which will actually be out next week um, in print and online. Um, Great about plug about how yes. Yeah. <laughs> about how departments, um, smaller and mid-sized departments, are able to use a a lot of different tactics to be able to recruit um, officers where they've had issues recruiting them in the past. It's, you know, they need to be proactive and they can't just, you know, sit and wait for applications to come in. There's a lot of competition out there uh, with larger departments. And, yeah, when these departments are able to go out in their community and find um, potential officers that like you said, may not have even realized that they wanted to become officers, or it was something that they could do. Um, it, it really helps. And,
1: and the the really interesting thing that a lot of the or these departments that I I have talked to um, were doing is, is that they were doing this without um, you know big bonuses, um, big financial incentives that uh, you you've seen it, it with other departments across the country um you know there there is, is is some doubt whether you know offering those types of um bonuses really help or or if it's um more of a band-aid to it um, obviously um you know departments need to to have their their salaries competitive um but um it, you know what these smaller departments are finding out is it's about um, it's about finding the individuals who have the, the good intangibles and then it's having a culture that um, in the department that um, is able to train them to to really be the the officers that they they need for their community, as well as uh, a culture that that makes them want to stay, you know, to to sort of fill in that retention part um so especially with smaller departments um that uh, might be stepping stones and, and and i also found that that some of these smaller departments um embrace that stepping stone um role in, in a way as 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 sort of a, a recruiting tool is like look we've got people who you know are going to Um, bigger agencies. So we must be doing something right if we're, you know, quote unquote, graduating um, some of these individuals. So as as much as we've been talking about how bad um, some departments are are having, there are there are some um, success stories um, across the country as well. Wrapping up with our final story. um, And this is we'll go back to California. California. uh, an interesting traffic stop for for two uh, Kern County sheriff's deputies. Um, they had pulled over a vehicle and um, during a, a search of the vehicle, they found a pizza box that uh, and a pizza inside that uh, was topped with a loaded gun. Um, uh, search of the vehicle also found another handgun um, a, as well as uh, narcotics um, but, there's an interesting uh photo from the stop uh of the gun right on top of um looks like a pepperoni pizza maybe some uh green peppers in there as well um i i i'm the type of guy i growing up i hated finger painting i I just don't like getting messy like that i would just i would hate to have a gun that was so greasy like that just and i i know you gotta (laughs) find a, a place to to hide the handgun but uh for me, that that's
0: yeah, that it, might be going a bit too far. Yeah, this person definitely got creative and uh, places to hide the gun that um, the officers may not have looked, but obviously they did. Yeah the the most off putting thing on on that um, pizza that my my youngest daughter would find is the pepperoni. She's not a pepperoni <laughs> fan, so. Um, but but yeah, I, you know, criminals are always you know trying to be one step ahead and <laughs> might not have the brightest ideas, but you got to look everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, when, you know, when you see the lights go on, you hear the signs, you're, you you think you only got seconds to react. So I I guess when a pizza box is there. And if you also look at the photo of what else was found in the car, to me, I was wondering, boy, you've got all of this stuff and you decided to stop off for a pizza too. I I mean, you you know, you got to eat, but do there again, multiple weapons, um money, uh drugs, um and the pizza. so
0: well, that's what I was thinking too that you have this gun on top, but you didn't throw <laughs> the the cocaine, fentanyl and right. Xanax and menhanum mean that was all, you know, and the drug paraphernalia from it, you know, in there as well. It wasn't all, it was just the gun.
1: That is that wraps it up for us this week. Thank you very much for listening um and thank you, Paul again for for stepping in and pitching in for Frank.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. This was great.
1: Great. Again, I hope you uh, are back next week. And uh, in between, uh, check out some of our other uh, podcasts. The uh, new episode of the Officer Roll Call is up, as well as our new series, our Active Shooter Response series. So please, um, by all means, check it out. Uh, You can find out uh, by clicking the links uh, in, hopefully, if you're looking at the story here. So Thank you very much. Take care and stay safe.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.